Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Gospel Record of John. The Gospel Record of John and chapter number 17. We're currently in a series dealing with the Holy Scriptures, giving an understanding, breaking down some of these things, speaking about the Bible, so that way we can have a better understanding of what the purpose of the Bible is, where did it come from, and that we can be able to defend these things to other folks. As we started um, with this series, we're trying to hit it in little sections. That we took a section speaking about the inspiration of scriptures and how we got the scriptures in the first place. And now we're hitting a section about the purpose of the Bible. Now that we know where the Bible came from, how... And what is the purpose? Why did God give us the scriptures? Why do we have them? Why is it important that we read it? Why is it different than any other book? What is this? And to be able to describe this is a big deal. That we could ourselves, have you ever wondered why do we have scriptures? What's the purpose of it in the first place? Well, we should be able to not only answer that, but we should be able to biblically defend that answer. What is is the purpose of the Bible. Why is it important to read it? What is it trying to get accomplished? Why has God given us his word in the first place? So if you don't mind, I'd like to jump off starting from a text of the gospel record of John in chapter number 17. The gospel record of John chapter 17, and if those familiar with Bibles and learning the chapters of the Bible, John 17 is the high priestly prayer of Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ is in the garden of Gethsemane and he has taken some time to speak to his heavenly father before the cross of Calvary in just a matter of hours. And so as we hit the book of John chapter 17, let us nestle close to Jesus and eavesdrop as he speaks to his heavenly father. And here Jesus is not addressing the disciples. He's not preaching to the crowds. He's not correcting the Pharisees. He is speaking to his heavenly father. And let's see what they are speaking about in the gospel record of John in chapter number 17. The gospel record of John 17. And notice with me in verse number one. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was." 
I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou givest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou givest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I have come out of thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. And if you don't mind to mark something in the Bible, if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, mark a phrase that we find in the book of John chapter 17, the gospel record of John chapter 17. And notice with me, if you don't mind, in verse number three, the phrase that we find in John 17 verse three, that they might know thee, the only true God. That they might know thee, the only true true God. And with this, I'd like to declare to you the purpose of the Bible. The purpose of the Word of God is to reveal God to man, that they might know thee, the only true God. The purpose of the Word of God is to reveal God to man. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. And as we hit the Bible today and open it up, I'm asking that you would give us an understanding of its great purpose to show who you are. That we would have an understanding of it. And because of that understanding, it will change the way that we treat the Bible, the way that we handle the Bible, the way that we see the Bible. And Lord, it would become more important to us now because of this than it ever has before. Lord, I'm asking that you would give us grace and that you would give us mercy Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we now hit this passage here, of course, this is the high uh, priestly prayer of Jesus Christ. He gives an amazing statement. He says in verse number 3, that this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God. Did you know that God desires to be known. God wants to be known. If you don't mind, hold your finger here. And this is the first thing I'd like to declare to you and show you from the scriptures that God wants to be known. God wants to be known. Hold your finger here and go with me to the book of Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah chapter number 9. All throughout the scripture, this is a, a declaration that God wants to be known. Now, this is important because out of all of the religions, whether they're Gentile heathen religions or some type of uh, false Christian-dumb religion, that this what separates biblical Christianity out from everything else. That our God wants to know us and for us to know him. God wants to have an intimate relationship with us. That is something unique about biblical Christianity, biblical theology. God wants to be known. May I show you just a couple of passages just to emphasize this point? Notice in Jeremiah chapter number 9. Jeremiah chapter number 9, and notice with me starting at verse 23. Jeremiah 9 and verse 23, the Bible says this, Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, 
let not the rich man glory in his riches. So in verse 23, God starts off by saying, all right, let not man glorify in himself. Don't let the wise man glorify about how wise he is. Don't let the mighty man glorify about how mighty he is. Don't let the rich man glorify about all of his riches. But instead, in verse number 24, but let him, meaning any man, glory that glorieth, glory in this. So here's what God wants us to glory in, that he understandeth and knoweth me. That I am the Lord that exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in all these things I delight, saith the Lord. Now this is big stuff here. God says, don't let man brag about how wise he is. Don't let man brag about how strong he is. Don't let man brag about how rich he is. But if he, someone wants to glory, if he wants to brag, if he wants to, to pronounce and proclaim goodness and how great he is, let him glory in this, that he that understandeth and knoweth me. God says, you know what the greatest purpose in life? It is not to have riches. Well, you know what the greatest purpose in life is not to be the wisest or the most educated. The great purpose in life is not to be stronger than everyone else. The great purpose in life, the thing that you should glorify, the thing that you should be striving for is to know God. That's pretty amazing. God says, if you want to find something to brag about, I want you to find a way to brag about how much you know me. Now, we understand bragging's not the right word. But the idea of glorifying, if you want something to strive for, something to put a purpose in, it's to know God. God wants to be known. In fact, notice in verse 24, But let him that glorieth, glory in this, that he that understands, that he understandeth and knoweth me. That God says he wants man to understand and know him. That's pretty a lofty goal. This is what God wants for us. He wants us to know him. He wants us to understand him. Now, we're going to leave an open question there. If God wants us to know him, if God wants us to understand him, how does that come to be? We'll get to that later, but doesn't that pose the question? If God says the greatest thing you could do in your life is to know me, how do we know God? We'll leave that question open and we'll answer that later. But God says, this is what I want. I want you to know me. That I am the Lord that exercise loving kindness. I am the Lord that exercise judgment. I am the Lord that exercise righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight. Now this is interesting. For in these things I delight. What is it exactly that God delights in? Well we know that God delights in loving kindness and judgment and righteousness. But could I say, what is it that he delights in? Could it be that those that understand and knoweth God? God delights when we know him. God wants to be known. God wants us to know who he is in an intimate, close way. God wants to be known. 
Well, let's fast forward a little bit. Let's see what else the Bible has to say. Notice with me as we're still in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 23. Jeremiah 23, and notice with me in Jeremiah 23 and verse number 23. Here's a declarative statement in the midst of this. God is actually talking to, um, to false preachers who have been going about. Now, this may shock you, but there are false preachers out there. And you know, with this in the context, you know what the false preachers are not speaking about? Knowing God personally. Most of the preaching that's out there is speaking about how to pick yourself up by your bootstraps, how to smile, how to have good days, how to enjoy your walk, how to whatever. Those things are not necessarily bad, but they pale to the great purpose of knowing God. Now, in the midst of this, as he's correcting the preachers and telling them what they should be preaching on, notice with me in verse number 23. As in the middle of this, it says, Am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? Now, as he's talking about these false preachers, he says, They're preaching like I'm not here. They're preaching like I'm not close, but I'm a God who is close. Now again, I told you that this is what separates biblical Christianity from all other religions. May I give an example? According to the Quran and Islam, the closest that you could be to the God Allah is that he is as close as a knife to your throat. There's some imagery. That's probably not the closeness that... That you would relate to in knowing God. God wants to have a loving, personal, intimate relationship with you. He wants to be known and he's not a far off God. Some people in their mind have an idea that God is always around the corner. God is always where you're not. That when you go look, he, we just missed him. But God is a God who is close at hand. And he wants you to know him. He promised that if you seek him, he would be found. God wants you to know him. He is a close God. Turn with me to Hosea chapter 6. Remember, Hosea is the first of the minor prophets. So Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea. Hosea chapter number 6. Hosea chapter number 6, and I want to see another statement given. Now, the Bible is full of great statements uh, about that God wants to be close. I'm just showing you a couple of them just to kind of set a pattern, to set a foundation that God wants to be known. That God said the goal of our life should be to know Him. That God is a close God. He's not a far off God. Notice in Hosea chapter 6. And notice with me in verse number 6. Hosea 6 and verse number 6. Notice this. For I, this is speaking of God, I desired mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. You know, you could say that the knowledge of God more than, and put whatever you want afterwards. You know what God desires more than anything? For you to know Him. Some people say, well, God should be satisfied with my church attendance. Do you know that what God wants more than your church attendance? For you to know Him. There's some people that says, listen, I do all kinds of good things for people all over. That's wonderful and good. Don't stop. But you know what God wants more than your good works? For you to know Him. More than anything else, God wants you to know Him. Now with that stated that God wants you to know Him, 
I want to show you something else that's pretty amazing. I would love to give you a definition of what salvation truly is. Turn with me to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. Remember, this is where we started off. This is the high priestly prayer of Jesus Christ. And as Jesus Christ is talking to his heavenly father, remember he's not speaking to the disciples. He's not speaking to the masses. He's not correcting the Pharisees. He's speaking to God. And as we're watching John 17, we're eavesdropping on Jesus' prayer, his talk with the Father. And notice what Jesus defines in, let's start in verse 1, one and get a running start. Uh, John 17 verse 1, these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son may also glorify thee. Thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as given him. Now notice, Jesus Christ came for a purpose. He came to give us eternal life. But notice now in verse number 3, he defines what is that. Now that's a pretty good statement. Someone Whenever we speak about things, it is always wise to define our terms. Jesus came to give us eternal life. Well, different people may interpret that in different ways. But do you know Jesus defines? What does he mean by eternal life? Verse number three. And this is life eternal. Let's pause. That is what we call a declarative statement. It is pretty much defining exactly. This is eternal life. What is eternal life? And this is life eternal that they might know thee. You know what salvation truly is? To get to know God. Now let me define what I mean by that. That we know that heaven is perfect. Everything that we discuss about heaven and understand about heaven is that it's perfect. But you know what really makes heaven worth going there? That God is there. Heaven wouldn't be worth it if God was not there. God is what makes heaven worth going. Heaven is heaven because God is there. And because God is there, we understand that as the Bible describes God, that he is holy, holy, holy. That word holy carries the idea of perfect. So we could say it this way, that God is perfect, perfect, perfect. The problem is, dear friend, is that none of us are perfect. We have what as the Bible describes as sin. Sin is any time that we've disobeyed God's word. Now, because we sinned, what happened is it broke fellowship with God. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. That word death means separation. Because we sin, we deserve to be uh, separated from God. That fellowship that God desired for us is broken. Why did God create man in the first place? He created man to fellowship with him, to know him, to spend time with him. But because of sin, that fellowship was broken. But God still desires fellowship. And that is why Jesus Christ came. Jesus Christ came on this earth, robed himself in flesh, and lived the same life that you and I lived, went through the same temptations, the same troubles, the same heartbreaks. Then Jesus died on the cross to pay that price, to repair that separation. Why? So that way we can know God personally. Salvation is not just to get you out of hell. 
That is a very weak goal of salvation. Salvation is not to keep you out of hell. Salvation is so you can know God personally. That was the goal of salvation. God did not save you so you can ignore him. God did not save you so that way you could live your life however you want and still slide into heaven. The purpose of salvation was so to restore that fellowship that you can know him. You know, that changes everything. Why did God save me? So I can know him. And again, this is Jesus defining it. And this is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou was sent. Why did Jesus die? Why did he pay the price to restore that fellowship so we had the privilege and the opportunity to know God? That's amazing. Now again, if God wants to be known and the main purpose of salvation was to know God, that's the purpose, then we have that hanging question. How? Do we know God? If God wants to be known, I mean, what ways do we do it? Let's just question our mind. Is getting to know God, meaning we go out and we find the most beautiful patch of land? Do we go out? In um, Arizona, we have a place called Sedona, where all the movie stars come out and they feel the vibes. They feel all the, the nature all connected together. Do, is that what happens? Is that we got to go commune with nature? And we go out and look at the beautiful sunset? And we look and we chant and become one with nature? Is that how we know God? No. Some people say yes. How about this? Some people say we got to climb to the highest mountain. And that's when we're going to get the closest that we can to God. And we meditate really hard. Is that how we know God? Some people say, well, perhaps just knowing God is just acknowledging my family. That God has given me a family and, and praise the Lord for my family. And you know, we could go on and on. Different people have different ways of trying to understand how do we know God. But what does God say about this. If God can be known and he wants to be known, how can we know him? That's the third thing I want to ask. How can God be known? Now in John 17, Jesus is praying and he starts off by saying, I've given them life eternal just like you told me. By the way, life eternal, what is he, life eternal? Is that they can know you, God, that they can know you personally. And then he continues the prayer. But notice with me in verse number eight. For I have given unto them the words which thou givest me. And they have received them. And have known surety that I came from thee. And they have believed that thou didst send me. How does God want to be known? God wants to be known by how he revealed himself through his word. God has revealed himself through his word. How do we know something about God? Is it by guessing? Is it by thinking on it? It's by his word. That God has given his word for the purpose of telling us, explaining, so we don't have to guess, wonder. He 
told us who he is and has showed himself through his word. May I show this to you? Turn with me to the gospel record of Luke chapter number 24. The gospel record of Luke chapter 24. Now in the gospel record of Luke chapter number 24, Jesus Christ has already died on the cross. He rose again. And as he rose again, he's made himself apparent to two of the disciples on the road to Aramaeus. Now in the midst of this, as he's walking behind them, he disguises himself. And they're all piddling around. And this is horrible. It's just so bad. And Jesus comes and says, what's the matter? What do you mean what's the matter? Haven't you heard that we trusted in this man named Jesus? And he was supposed to be our hope. But then he died. But he said that he was going to rise again. And some people said that he rose again. We just got the news that he rose again. Well, well then why are you sad? We, we don't believe him. And so Jesus yells at him and says, You fools, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and entered his glory? Verse 27 is where we're going. Luke 24, 27. And beginning at all, notice all. All, uh, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he, that's Jesus, expounded in them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. You know what Jesus did? He said, open your Bible to the book of Genesis. And let me show you where I'm at in Genesis. Now, take your Bible to Exodus. And let me show you where I, Jesus Christ, who was God, robed in flesh, where I'm at in Exodus. And then Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And he went through all Moses, all of the prophets, all the writings. You know what that means? No matter what book you turn to, you could learn something about Jesus. You could learn something about God. Why did God give us the Bible? So we can know more about him. And Jesus rebuked those disciples. Because he said, you should have known me because you have a Bible. You should have known who I am and what I was here to do because you have a Bible. You should have known me. How do we know God? Through his word. Let me show you some more. As we continue in that chapter, jump down to verse number 44. Luke 24 and verse number 44. And he, that's Jesus, said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. And then uh, opened he their understanding that thy, they might understand the scriptures. Now pause. Why did they need to understand the scriptures? Well in verse 44 he was saying those scriptures speak of me. And so he opened their understanding so they could see Christ in the scriptures. Why? The purpose of the scriptures is to reveal 
who God is to man. To reveal God to man. To speak of Jesus. What is the purpose of the Bible? For us to know who God is. Because God wants to be known. By the way, there is no other way to know God. There is no knowing God any other way than how God has revealed himself. There is no more revelation being given, by the way. There is no more tablets, no more uh, dreams, visions pepperoni pizza induced dreams or anything like that God has revealed everything he wants us to know through his scriptures and so the purpose that God said that every purpose man should have in their life is to know God God is a God who is close not a far off and he wants you to know him Jesus Christ, in fact, described the reason why he saved you in the first place. It's for you to know God. So how do we know God? We know God through the scriptures. That the scriptures open up and they tell us more about who Jesus is. The scriptures open up and they tell us more who God is. And God wants you to know him. Isn't that wonderful? The purpose of the Bible is not to tell us how to live a good life, though it does do that. The purpose of the Bible is not how to have uh, to to be wise about finances, though the Bible does do that. The purpose of the Bible is not just to give us a history text, though the Bible does do that. The purpose of the Bible is to reveal God to man, to tell us who Jesus is. So then, if God says the greatest purpose we can have in our life is not to have riches, not to have wealth, not to have might, not to have wisdom, but the greatest thing we can do in our life is to know God. And there is no other way of knowing who God is outside of the Bible. What is the greatest thing we can do every day as a Christian? To be in the Bible for ourselves. You understand, when you understand the purpose of the Bible, you read this Bible differently than any other book. You should read this Bible differently than you would the newspaper. Why? The newspaper doesn't tell you about who God is. The Bible does. You should read this Bible differently than you do your favorite fiction book. That even though the fiction book may give you relaxation and The Bible tells us who God is. You read this book differently than any other textbook. The textbook may give you some good information you need to pass a test. But the Bible tells us who God is. That means we should treat this Bible differently. We should take care of it differently. We should love on it differently. Now, I know that I'm fanatical about some things. That's all right. I love the Bible so much I re- and revere it, I refuse to put anything on top of my Bible. It means if I had to carry a stack of things, my Bible's on top of that stack. Why? Just something about it because I want to treat the Bible differently even in the way that I hold it, even in the way that I carry it. This is one of the reasons in this church that we ask that people don't use phone apps for the Bible. By the way, the Bible is not an app. It is God's word that reveals who he is to us. I understand that we live in an electronic age, but how it is. But inside of this church, we encourage people to look at the Bible so that way they are not distracted by things that they are taking it seriously. Seriously, there's something different 
about this book. And that the way that we treat it, the way that we hold it, you shouldn't take your Bible and just after church just toss it in the back, uh, <coughs> in the in the back stand of where everything else gets lost in the back of your car. And then on Sunday morning you take it off and dust it off and make sure that it's still functional. You should treat it differently. You should handle it differently. Why? Because it reveals who God is. And that should be the great purpose of our life. May I give just a final illustration? At the end of World War II... Winston Churchill was trying to understand a little bit more about the Russian role in prophecy and that way he knew what he should do concerning the Russians. And so he asked a famous preacher to come and to uh, tell him a little bit more about prophecy. And so he had the appointment scheduled for the morning. The preacher came in and began to speak to him about the Bible. About lunchtime, Winston Churchill popped his head out to his secretary and said, cancel the rest of my appointments for the rest of the day. I need to hear this man. And the secretary tried to protest and said, but you have these delegates from Africa and you've got this representative from this country. And Winston Churchill said, none of that, none of that. I have to hear this man out. They continue to go to late into the evening. At the end, Winston Churchill said, I would give half the world to have the knowledge of the Bible that you do. The preacher looked at him and said, sir, I gave up the entire world to have the knowledge of the Bible that I have. Why is that such a big deal? Because you have to make the Bible a priority if you're going to have the goal of knowing who God is. If the greatest thing that you could do on a daily basis is to read the Bible. In fact, if the greatest thing you could do with your life is to know who God is, it is not going to be accomplished by one Bible chapter a day. It's going to come when you digest and read God's word and read till you're full and look for him and say, I'm not going to stop reading until you tell me something about yourself today, until you reveal something. I want to know who you are. To go with the Bible with that purpose revolutionizes your Bible reading. You will no longer have dry Bible reading days when you're looking for Christ through the pages. You will no longer be... A loss of answers when you learn that I'm looking for Christ. And when I have Christ, I have the answers. And when you're looking for him, he will direct your path. That Christ wants to be known. And the only way to know Christ intimately as God wants to be known is through the Holy Scriptures. So, let me ask you, dear friend. How is your Bible reading? Based off of your Bible reading... For this last year. Do you know God more because of your Bible reading? Or has your Bible reading been kind of hit and miss and not consistent? Have you been searching for Christ through the scriptures? Has he revealed himself through the pages to learn more about who he is? We tell you God wants to be known. And how God has chosen to reveal himself was through the Bible. Let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. And as we come up to you tonight, I'm just asking that you would just help us, every single one of us, to have the purpose in our heart, the desire of our heart to know you more. Knowing that we can know you more. You're not a God afar off. You're a God at hand. And that you have chosen to reveal yourself through the pages of the scripture. I'm asking that you would help us to love your Bible more. To treat your Bible differently. To understand its great purpose and that the goal of every single one of our lives 
would be that I may know you. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three zero eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three zero eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.